0: So, um, where we are in Scripture today, if you have your Bible, if you want to open up to John 14, we're going to jump around a little. Okay. So, where we are in Scripture today, the clock is ticking. We are nearing the end of Jesus' ministry in the flesh on the earth. In fact, um, from John chapters 13 through the middle of 18, it all takes place on the same night. And it is the night that Jesus was betrayed, the night that he was arrested. And we see Jesus say a lot of words to his disciples on this night. Um, And Jesus knows what's coming, right? Like just mere hours after this. The disciples don't know what's coming because they can't see the future. And, uh, you know. Okay, so the disciples are enjoying their feast of Passover, their bread and their wine. They're enjoying it as they always do every year. Okay, but Jesus is saying a lot of really hard things. And as we're going to see today, um, some of the things that he says, the disciples really don't know what to do with. They don't know what to do with it. Um, They don't fully understand what he is saying. And there is a chance, in fact, I would say a 100% chance, that today as we read it, you and I are also not fully going to understand what Jesus is saying. Right? I'm sure of that. It would be pretty um, pompous of us to think that the disciples who were face-to-face with Jesus that night and had spent three years devoted and following him were confused, but we in 2022 get it all. Okay, that would be pretty pretty silly of us, okay? Um, We don't get it. They didn't get it. Um, That doesn't take away from what the Holy Spirit can reveal, right? The ways that the Holy Spirit can use what we don't know to convict us, to comfort us where we're at, to challenge us, to bring salvation to us. The Holy Spirit did that then. He can do that today. So, Let's read the confusion, shall we? Who wants to read it? Okay, it's fine. Okay. John 14, starting at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Then verse 19, we're going to skip down. It says, before long, verse 19, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? This is the word of the Lord thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord God, your words are life. Like we don't, we don't get them all, all the time, but your word is life. And your spirit moves and has always moved and leads us and teaches us and guides us and equips us. Lord God, I pray that over us today. I pray that In each one of us, you would spark something. You would speak something that each of us need to hear. We love your word. Help us love it more than we already do. And it's in your glorious son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. So we have the disciples. We have um, Thomas. We have Philip. And we have Judas, not Iscariot. The other one. Did you know there were two? There are two. There are two Judases. Okay. Um, some also think that his name was Thaddeus. Perhaps that was Thaddeus from a different gospel. Um, we do not hear much from these guys in any of the gospels. Uh, you may have heard Thomas called Doubting Thomas, which I think is a bit unfair because he was just being honest. And if you know that situation, I think we'd all have doubting in front of our names, all of us, um, at some point if we were honest. And he is honest. So, um, Philip, we know from the first chapter of John. And Philip is the one who brought his very skeptical buddy, um, Nathaniel, to Jesus. Uh, he is the gift of evangelism, that that Philip. Okay, and then we have Judas, not Iscariot. Not the one that betrayed Jesus into the hands of the authorities. Which I think is hysterical. Like, how would you like it if you were basically just known as who you're not? That's kind of a bummer. Okay? Um, Now, every gospel writer had to choose, obviously, what they were going to put into their particular gospels. I mean, not every experience, not every miracle, not every conversation, Etc., is in here. It's not. Um, But for whatever reason, the author John felt that it was very important to leave the questions of these three men in this particular part of his book. Okay? Um, And I think that these three questions represent pretty well three specific areas of life where you and I perhaps doubt. It is hard for us to to trust what God is doing, who God is, how he is working here, okay, if he is in charge. So what we're going to do is we're going to reread those three questions today, one at a time, and we're going to try to understand how each of these disciples did not understand um, and how that could perhaps help us today. So, verse 5... The disciple Thomas, in confusion and perhaps frustration, says to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Now, Jesus has just said he is going somewhere. He's like, I'm going to my father's house. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Okay, so we know that Jesus is going somewhere Ahead of the disciples, okay, and I think that we are probably all on the same page that Jesus was talking about some place bigger, like in the heavenly realms, okay, some place up there. However, Thomas is a man that likes to know details. And I respect that in him because I'm also a person that likes the details, okay? So Thomas is like, Lord, what is the address of this place? Um, I have my Google Maps, and I don't know how long it will take to walk there. So we're going to need like a city. We're going to need something, okay? Um, Thomas is the planner of the party. That's who Thomas is, and I appreciate that. Um, And Jesus says in response, I am the way. And he gives no more concrete information to appease Thomas's confusion. Um, now, maybe one of the other disciples like elbowed Thomas at the table, like, "Dude, he's not—he's not talking about here. He's talking about there," you know. Okay, and so maybe like Thomas gets it a little bit in that. Um, but really, we all have to be honest with ourselves that. Um, Jesus talks about this eternal place, and he doesn't give us a whole lot of information at all. Okay? Have you ever been bothered by that? Like, what is heaven, though? Like, what is it? Like, God, can you just tell me where I'm going? Honestly, can you just tell me, like, at all? Like, I would take geographically, in this life, I would take the next life. Like, just tell me where I'm going. Any details? Um, but as far as heaven goes, some may say, "Oh, Danielle, we do. Oh, yeah, we do. We have a we have a lot in here. We have we have a lot in here." And then you know, you you'll take me to certain scriptures and the Book of Revelation, and we'll do a study on Randy Alcorn's Heaven book, which I hear is very good. I'm not knocking it. I fully support that book. It's very good, but. Um, you may take that we'll talk about streets of gold. You know, we'll go through all of that stuff. Um, we can do that. But really, the majority of what we have, when it comes to that eternal place, is more from tradition, more from the imagination of very devoted scholars and commentators, But we don't know right? I, I was serving as a pastoral resident 14 years ago at a church in Virginia. And I remember walking into a middle school, Sunday school class, and the teacher was teaching on heaven. And I mean, he was getting it. He was teaching on heaven. He, like, you'd think he'd been there. And he hadn't, from what he told me. And so, like, he was talking about, like, this is the kind of Will there be a bathroom? You know, what the rooms look like? Who will be there? What they will be wearing? Like, very, very specific. And I remember, to this day, feeling very shocked. Like, how do you know that? Wait, where is that? Is there a book that I missed? I thought I read them all. And there's not, I don't see that in here anywhere. I was just, he because he was claiming it with certainty. There was such certainty. And I mean, do we have vague, glorious ideas of heaven? Yes. (laughs) Do we have concrete details of heaven? No. No, we don't have that. Okay. I mean, you have Jews, you have Greeks, you have scholars and commentators, for thousands of years like they all have very strong feelings father's house jewels in your crown streets of gold many rooms okay some have very strong feelings about it and they have knowledge about particular parts but we don't have a lot so it makes sense that thomas is confused he, he just wants more And I get it. I mean, saying, I don't know, when it comes to the afterlife and heavenly things, it makes us squirmy. We don't like saying that, right? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to convince people that they want to go. Like, I want you to be in heaven. I want it to sound appealing to you. We do this to kids. Mommy, will my toys be in heaven? Yes, baby. Yes, your toys, please, please want to go to heaven. Please want to go to heaven. Yes, your toys will be in heaven. Will I get to eat sugar all day long? Mommy, will I? Get- yes, honey. I'm sure God has a plan for that. Please love Jesus. Please love Jesus. Please. <laughs> you know, we just, because it makes us squirmy, okay? I get it. Thomas is confused as we all are, okay? He wants to know the details. Where, where are we going? How do we get there? In order to take this journey, Jesus, I want to know the end. I want to know the destination. And when I know that, I'll feel better about it. And so Jesus says, this is again his response, verse three, I will come back and I will take you to be with me. That, that you also may be where I am. going to have to be enough. Right? For, and honestly, for anybody that wants to know what heaven is, you actually have a very simple, best possible answer right here that you could ever imagine. What is heaven? Heaven is where Jesus is. He's where Jesus, it's where Jesus is. I'm telling you. It's not going to matter any of the other stuff. It's not going to matter what it looks like. It's not going to matter what's there. It's not going to matter if there's food that we eat. I think there will be. I think there will be food. Um, It doesn't matter if if there's a bathroom. I don't think there will be. But, you know, I don't know. We will be in the presence of Jesus and the Lord God that created all things. Here's the thing. Having every detail of the destination does not require us to have faith. And God calls us to have faith. One day, the destination will be revealed and it will be glorious, but not yet. So then we have, let's see, we got verse 8 here. Philip. Philip Philip in confusion in the deep desire of Philip to believe, okay? He says in verse 8, "Lord, show us the father. And that will be enough for us." Philip Jesus, I hear what you're saying. I just it's hard. I'm still not sure about it. I'm not I'm not sure, you know, it would could you just show us a little more? Could you show us the father? You keep talking about him. Could you show us the father? Because if you did, I just feel like I would feel more ready. I'd feel more comfortable and more convinced. that, Like we're on the right track here. We're on the right path. Now, if Philip had really thought about this uh, enough before he made this request, I think he would have been reminded about what Moses, what, ha- what God said to Moses, the be Moses. Okay. Uh, what God said to Moses when Moses asked to see God in the book of Exodus. And God basically said, uh, You can't see my face. No one can see me and live. But Philip wants to see him. I and mean, nobody just nonchalantly looks at the Lord God, like, oh, there you are. Like nobody does that. But Philip's like, I just. I just need more of of him. I need more of you. Do you ever feel that way? Like, Lord God, if you would, I'd feel better if you just showed me more of yourself. Like, if you could just reveal a little more of yourself in this situation. In Philip's case, does Philip have enough information um, about who Jesus is, to believe in him and feel confident. I I think that we could say yes. You know, Philip was one of the first disciples, one of the first ones. Um, And he has been with Jesus for roughly three years. He has seen Jesus... bring a man back from the dead out of the tomb. Like, hey, Lazarus, walking out of there. Um, Okay, he's seen that. He's seen blind men see and lame men walk. And he's seen um, gallons and gallons and gallons of water become like legit, aged for years, red wine. Like, Like that, it's crazy. Okay, he's seen all of these things. So we would think that that would be enough, okay? And I'm not giving Philip a hard time for doubting in this moment because as I have said, we would be the exact same way, and we are. Okay? Humans aren't different in 2022 than they were in 22, okay? We're not different. Things change, we have iPhones, but we, we are not different, okay? Um, and I really just think you wanted more assurance. He just wanted, he wanted a boost in his confidence of what was going on and why. We all want that. Like any believer wants to see more of God. (laughs) Any believer wants that. Um, But here's the thing. Having full knowledge, having full knowledge of who the Lord God is does not require us to have faith. And we are called to have faith. One day, one day, we will be in his presence. He will be brighter than the sun. There will be no need for it. It, But not yet. Not yet. Verse 22. Oh, Judas. The disciple Judas, not Iscariot. Okay. In confusion, he says, verse 22, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? You know what I love about Judas, not Iscariot? What I love about Judas, not Iscariot, is the man is all about efficiency. He is. Okay. Um, because Jesus has just said leading up to this, if you go back, he says, you, I'm leaving you, but you all are going to do greater works than me. Just keep it up keep my commandments, love one another, people will, will know me when you love one another, okay? He says this over and over, all of these different things. And then Judas is like, wouldn't it be easier if you just revealed that to everybody right now? uh, I mean, what are we waiting for here, actually? <laughs> um... I mean, you've been doing all of these miraculous things, Jesus, in front of us. Why don't you just keep doing that all over the world? And I mean, wouldn't that speed up this process? Yeah, Like, wouldn't it do that? Um, Do you ever feel that way? Like, Jesus, okay, Jesus, if you can fix everything that is broken why don't you just do that? Why don't you just do that right now? Like, if you're going to restore all of the things and you're going to reveal yourself to humanity, okay, if, like, Matthew and Mark say, if you're going to come on the clouds, like, like they say, like, wouldn't it, just, wouldn't it just benefit everyone involved here if you just went ahead and did that? Right? Right? I mean, just come out from behind the curtain right now, man. Uh, make it happen. No need to wait. From Judas' perspective, and perhaps from ours, I like Judas Iscariot, not Iscariot. I mean, I feel, I feel feelings for Judas Iscariot too, but um, I like that Judas not Iscariot. I really do. I like that Judas is not Iscariot because he makes a point. He's like, if you can, then why don't you? <laughs> We have all wondered that. We have all wondered that in a situation. And big picture, Lord, if you know the plan already, if you know how all of this is going to come to be, if you know how it's all going to be repaired, why not now? Here's the thing. Having the plan all accomplished... Knowing all of the things have been fixed does not require faith. And we are called to have faith. One day, it's all going to be fixed. But not yet. Have you you ever wondered, like in your free time of thinking, like me, um, have you ever wondered why God created seeds why seeds, God? Um, he didn't have to, because we see in the very first chapter of Genesis 1 that he made all of these things, right, for creation. It's like plants and bushes and flowers and animals, and, and it's seemingly like he just, like, did it. Like, poof, poof, poof. You know, don't you just kind of picture it like that? Like, tree, oh, dolphin. And so it's just like, there it is, okay? But then... It specifically says in Genesis 1, it says, then he said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees that bear fruit with seeds in them. OK, so we have that the Lord like created this and he set the creation rolling, OK, by creating the first ones. Thanks. But then he put this system in place where a plant would spend time growing and produce a seed and a seed would fall and then it would be planted and then slowly it would grow. And, you know, there's a process, right? He created this process. So here we are in 2022, still planting seeds, we're tending to the seed, we're watering the seed, and we're, Waiting for the seed. If you planted asparagus, you're waiting three years for the seed. I don't know why anybody plants asparagus, it takes forever. Okay, but that's how he made it the world to work. You plant and you water and then things grow. And he it's all over creation, and it's how he created us. We were born and we grow and we learn and we change. I was saying to Thomas the other day, um, my Thomas, not the disciple. <laughs> That's confusing. I don't want to, we have too much confusion. My Thomas. Okay, I, I do not talk to that one. That's um, so I was talking to Thomas, and I said, I really wish that our children could skip certain years of their lives. Preferably the one I would like to have skipped. Sixth grade. A good chunk of my 20s. Okay, I just wish that they could, like, skip those. You know? Like, skip the ones that are going to be, ugh. Okay? Um, Here's the thing. I wouldn't be who I am today. Without those. Right? I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be passionate about certain issues that I'm passionate about. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't fight hard for certain things that I fight hard for. I wouldn't have a, a personality and humor about certain things that ooh are yucky. Okay, I, I wouldn't be the mom that I am in some ways. I wouldn't be the wife. I wouldn't be um, the person. I wouldn't be the minister. I wouldn't be the person that I am today, um, nor will my children nor will my children be the people that God is calling them to be without going through those things. It's the growing. It's the dying seed that is slowly being scorched by the sun. Sometimes, You know, it's that process that the Lord God put in place. And he lets us go through it, doesn't he? He lets us go through it without all the answers. There's no, there's no skipping here. There's no skipping a step. There's no skipping a season. He didn't create it that way. He's the God of order. Um, he knew that the disciples were about to go through it. Scripture says that this night, just a few hours later, the disciples scatter in absolute fear, in a, in a grief that they have never felt and probably never did again. And he knew they were about to go through that. He knew that. So Jesus needed his followers. He needed them to know that in whatever's going on, in whatever parts of life, they are without answers. And they are just a mess in whatever areas of life that they're walking through. And they are, they are confused. Jesus needed them to know it is not about knowing all the answers that is what will get you through that. That is not what gets you through that. It's not about knowing the destination like Thomas wanted. It's not about knowing everything about God like Philip wanted. It's not about um, fixing everything that you want fixed right now like Judas wanted. It's not about any of that. It is about continuing to believe even when things are dim it's about keeping that that faith and that confidence even when we cannot we cannot see the way faith the assurance of things that we hope for confidence and assurance of things that we cannot we can't see them right now We can't. We live in just today. We have very small vision. But faith is the thing. It is the thing that God desires of us. It is the thing that we are called to grow in, grow in our faith. That's why that faith is called a faith journey, right? Because you're like, oh, I have the faith. No, it's a journey. It is a journey of faith. You are growing in your faith. There's no skipping steps. There's no rushing it. God will not be rushed. Faith. If the disciples had gotten all the information, okay? Like if we have today and Jesus was like, okay, let me just tell you. I'm just gonna tell you all the things, okay? If Jesus had done that for them and just let them jump to the end of the story, he's just like, okay, let me reveal the final chapter to you. Okay, I'll just go ahead and read it for you, okay? Think of, the, think of everything they missed. They would miss. We are, we are living, all of us are living in this not yet. All of us. We're all living in the middle of the story, of this continuous story. What an incredible author of life God is that he doesn't give us spoiler alerts, <laughs> Well, he gives us the alert, I guess. He doesn't spoil it, though. He doesn't give us the spoilers. He doesn't do that. Because, as every good storyteller knows, every good storyteller will tell you if you skip the chapters, if you skip chapters, if you skip seasons, if you skip pages that are so important to live out, and you just get, you just are revealed the final chapter of the story. Like how much you have missed. And in the midst of this really broken world that we live in, there is some beautiful stuff. There is some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And God wants you to have that. He wants you to get to live that. It's part of it. That journey it's not about the end. It's about you get to the end. Fight the good fight, right? Run with perseverance the race. This is what it's about. The Lord God, the creator of everything, he, he created you. He is writing your story. He's writing a story in you. Now, we are editors of our stories. <laughs> We can, you know, change this chapter a little bit and go this way. And, you know, that's a whole different sermon for a different day. So, but, so we, can, we can do some things in our own story too. But this is the question. The question is, in the middle of the story, of your story, whether you're liking it or whether you're ooh, not liking it so much right now, the question is, are you going to trust the author of the story? Are you going to trust him? Will you trust that he knows what he is writing and he knows how to fix what the editor comes in and tries to edit? He can fix it. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews says. That is who he is and that's who Jesus is through him. In the midst of all the unanswered questions that you have as you sit in your seat, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know how this relationship is going to go. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what to do. Lord just God, show me more. And God goes, ah, hold on tight. Keep the faith. Hebrews 10 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. You know why? Because he who promised is what? Is faithful. He is faithful. He has faith in us. And he has faith in everything he's doing. May we have faith in him. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are not, we are not just like or unlike Thomas. We are not unlike Philip. We are not unlike Judas, not Iscariot. We are we are very similar. Humans are humans. Here we are. We're standing here, we're sitting here, and we have questions for you. We have things in our life that we go, God, wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be to the benefit if you just did this? Lord God, wouldn't it be great if you just revealed a little more of who you are? Because then I would have a little more confidence. Lord, can't you do that? Lord God, in all of our unanswered questions may we cling to the truth that you can. You can. We have a whole book. We have people in this room who have experiences that they can testify about and should be testifying about that says, the Lord did this for me. He did this. He can. You can do things. And sometimes you do and it is a is miraculous. And sometimes you want us to cling to you in the very dark nights that are to come or that we're living in right now, just as the disciples did. And you comfort us with those words that you tried to comfort them with, which is, I will never leave you. I know I'm going away, but at the same time, I'm never going to leave you. And I know you can't understand that, disciples, but it's true. I'm I'm there, but I'm also here. Lord God, your Holy Spirit is living and active. Your Holy Spirit is moving. It's comforting. It's guiding. Maybe just one little step at a time. But it does that. And we have to cling to it. And we have to tell people about it. Lord God, you reveal yourself to us every day. You really do. You reveal bits of yourself. And we're we're blind. We're all blind to it because we don't have the mind of you fully. But Lord God, I pray in, in this moment, in this day, wherever we find ourselves this week, I pray maybe not that you would reveal more, but just that you would show us what you are revealing, that you are here that you are the author. Lord God, all we need to do is believe. That's it. Have faith. We plant that seed of faith in us and the works start to come out. That's how you created it. May we be those people of faith. May we be praying people of faith. And it's in your son Jesus that we pray.